as soon as that's happened to them, it, the recovery is a long and painful thing. And it, it, it's just, when you see that side, that makes you more passionate for, yes, we've got to help survivors because there's not a lot of help for them, but we need to make it not happen. And that's my goal is to get enough people talking about it at a base level to have it in their top three things they care about so politicians have no choice. Oil and gas makes modern life possible. The energy the world requires today and tomorrow will come from decisions made in the oil field today. Oil and gas will remain the leading source of fuel to power affordable energy that is sustainable for the billions of people that depend on the success of the industry. The oil field is a group of people, companies, technologies, and institutions working towards providing the world with safe, clean, storable, and transportable power. The Oilfield 360 podcast is a 360-degree deep dive into the leaders of the industry who will provide listeners with a first-hand account of what it takes to build, maintain, and lead the energy business into the future. The Oilfield 360 podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. Locked in Global Energy and Marine, uncommonly independent. Lockton is the world's largest privately owned insurance broker and risk finance advisor. Lockton's global energy expertise is centered in Houston and represents the largest concentration of energy specialists, clients, and experiential knowledge in the upstream, midstream, and downstream segments of the oil and gas industry. Visit Lockton.com for more information. Upright Digital. Upright Digital specializes in partnering with your business to maximize marketing efficiencies. We have a deep understanding of people, their needs, motivations, behaviors, as well as the technologies that enable brands in many industries to utilize what is available in a changing digital landscape. Find us online at uprightdigital.com. Welcome to the Oilfield 360 podcast. My name is Josh Lowry. I'm coming to you live from the floor of OTC 23. I am uh, I'm the guest host today, but per the usual, I am joined with the host extraordinaire, David DeRode. How are you, David? I'm doing well, partner. How are you doing? It's, it's good to be back. I can't believe security let you through here. Well, they did frisk my bag. and I mean, they touched it. It was yeah. the most, it was like, you're in. I was like, great. Thank you very much. Dude, it's good to be back with you, buddy. Well, I'm glad you're here. I have to be very complimentary of you today. Your your ensemble of pastel yep. blue top from the Masters, of yes. course. Thank you. And and your pink shoelaces. Yeah, and with the soft blue shoes. Yeah, I mean. You know, I've gotten too fat to wear most of my other clothes. So this summer kind of casual look that I've just put a part of my entire life now is really the only clothes I have left that fit, actually. So it's, you, you wear it better than I'm I I'm wearing do. it well. Yeah, I'm wearing yeah. it well, yeah. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, man, you've been busy. Yeah. I've missed you. The slightly. podcast has grown. Yeah, slightly. You've been very busy. Yeah. Been, what, have you, what have you been up to? You know, a little bit of this and that. Uh, when I've got time, I try to go to Bed Bath & Beyond, which yeah. unfortunately is going bankrupt, I guess. I, yeah, bye-bye baby. I'm Home glad, De- I'm, glad Home, I'm done with the bye-bye babies. Home Depot, you know. I love Home Depot. Um, what do you think of OTC? I think it's good. We were talking about that earlier. Uh, I think there's, there's good energy uh, that we haven't seen in quite a while. 
I, I think uh, people realize that uh, offshore natural resources is not going away anytime soon and, and definitely an area that needs uh, additional investment. Um, I think a lot of people are counting on that, including uh, the guy to my left and uh, you know, Chris Peterson. Over See, there. this is why you have to wear headphones yeah. Yeah. because it's, you, you have to put a helmet on or else. <laughs> so we had a guy, we're, we're almost, you almost got, you almost our, got, you almost got your, hold on. I'm fine. Carry so, on you too. <laughs> so we had, you might be able to tell by that voice, but we had a guy come through here yesterday and just stop right in the middle of the deal. And I said, hey, man, what are you doing? He's like, well, you got to put a sign up. I mean, you, I said a sign like, you mean cameras and lights? Is that a, is, what, what more can I do to tell you there's filming going on here? But <laughs> anyway, so that voice you just heard um, is, I mean, I don't want to call you famous. I don't want to embarrass you here. But truly, you are, so I met you in 2008 at, uh, through the IEDC. And you have been a friend to anybody who's ever really kind of come up in the industry. You've been a very good person to just be big in the industry, but at the same time, like give time to people that are coming up. So a lot of people are going to see you on the podcast, recognize you in the, through this episode. And if they don't, they're really going to enjoy listening to you. But uh, Mr. David Reed, the CMO of NOV. And CTO. CTO. And CTO. See, I, so I, rude. Yeah. Start again. We're done. <laughs> this thing, just throw <laughs> the might, mics. Throw I the might. mics. And I'll yeah. just do it. Yeah. I'll <laughs> fake an accent. Pretend you re- we'll turn the video off. Yeah, that was it. Sorry. Yes. CMO, CTO. True story. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Good to be at OTC. Yeah, so you've Always been coming fun. to OTC for a long time, I imagine. Yeah, oh gosh, how long has it been? Probably 28 years. Really? Uh, I think when I first went to California, it was my, I made the front page of the Chronicle. I was pretty excited. What was the front page? Because <laughs> I wouldn't leave our booth. I would talk to anybody. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm talking to a customer, and they had like OTC, you know, busy this year. And I was flying back to California. My boss went, check it out. You're famous. The suit is really embarrassing. Being tall and in a suit helps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was. Uh, I was. I was pretty obsessive for many years. I would just stand there and talk to anybody. Like I, people would be like, "I'm going to do a slot from." I'd be like, "Nope." <laughs> First thing in the morning. In fact, I'd always tour before the show opened because I wanted to learn everything I could without people trying to sell to me. And I just obsessive from you know. I, then my boss on a Saturday morning would do the you know, what's wrong with this and clean everything up before the last minute. That became me over time. But uh, I was doing, I was always doing the computers. Nobody knew how to do computers. I had to go buy software all the time and reload it. Anyway, OTC was just great. And I got to know a ton of the industry that way, which was not my job. But the executives and everyone were gone and you bump into leadership and they'd always talk to you. And I loved it. What was your job then if you were coming up like that? Uh, I was in, I was doing a rig, uh, a PRS's rackers in California. So I was in pipe handling. Okay. So yeah, that well, was trying, voice... to, trying to move pipe handling forward. That didn't, it didn't exist. So I was, I was kind of obsessed with telling everyone about it. We're going to come back to that because you guys have some, the pipe handling has come forward. We, we, it's interesting. What we're showing right now in OTC, we're going to talk about it anyway, yeah. so you know, if you don't want to, <laughs> just just make a noise or something. I'm going to talk anyway. Good, go. But in 97, I, we were making these big racking machines, and I'm like, there's got to be a better way. And so I did this quick design on AutoCAD, if you're from the past. Um, and we put these two, basically, robot arms that were used for manufacturing. I thought, this is going to be better. And anyway, here we go. We go, there, there we start booming, column rackers are the thing, parallel racking, all that stuff. I get involved in design. And here we are, OTC 23. And we're talking uh, about drill pipe, not uh, drill pipe. Okay. Yeah, yeah, none of that. Yeah. So OTC 23, I've got a, a rig up in Navasota, and there is no cabin on that rig, and there's just small robots. For two years, I've been working without any people on the rig. 
on a land rig. So it's a it's a big day. I'm, all be, I'm all being done. Where are they handling it then? From the, your office and we took the, we took the cabin down, and you're just sitting on the ground. But if you think oh. of it from a rig standpoint, if there's a potential of a blowout and you could not be on that floor, yes, yeah. you're not going to be on that floor. That so is outstanding. Isn't that cool? Yes, it's like it is. a big first for the industry and. I've always, I started with Roughnecks, and people would be looking to buy Roughnecks and their fingers were missing. And I'd be like, this is awful. Yeah, like, everyone this. should have a Roughneck. And I just kept going down that road of, this is dangerous stuff. Can we get people away from danger? And so, for me, it's just a great moment to be making a difference in the industry. And you guys are announcing that, sorry, Dave, but you're announcing that here on, on today. At here OTC. it is. Here it is. That's First awesome. time, your yeah. show, live on your show. Breaking news. It's not live, is it? It's, it's really it, exciting. We'll figure it out. The, uh, <laughs> the technologies uh, y'all have developed over the years, not only to help companies become more efficient, but also um, with that efficiency of safety. And I think yeah, yeah. Uh, I like it. A, I like it. I mean, I like awesome making a difference. Do. Yeah. You, you do your job. You want to. You want to make things better, you know. David's got his wrist hat on right now, wrist just about hat. ready to. He'll wrist hat. He'll go all for an hour. On, he will. <laughs> yes. Let's hear it. No, I don't want to nerd out on. on I'll on just. But I mean, like that. Isn't that the dream of what risk looks for? Is people just constantly trying to strive to be better on that front, eliminate? Because I've talked to David, and I mean, I don't. You talked to me. Well, or David, this one. No, DeRoad, yeah. yeah. Where? I don't know who you're talking to right now. DeRoad. <laughs> Look at us. You know, on days when there's been incidences, and he's had to handle this, and I mean, it's upsetting to him. Yeah, and I, no, so I know he upsetting. takes this stuff very seriously. Oh. Everyone in the industry is. It's like dropped objects. If you've ever seen a dropped object on a rig, it didn't go through a human being, which is the best way to see it. Yeah. Um, you 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 never want people out there. It's just not a good thing to have people in that much risk every day. And, uh, and and there's been blowouts that have killed people, and that stuff, it gets to you. You know, it just like you can't, it can't happen. So anything you can do that that never happens again. Uh, so for me, that's the that's the big deal. Yeah, I, I'd say, you know, <clears throat> as it relates to risk, I mean, just from my observations, the years being around it, and the number of of uh, bad experiences I've been witness to, hmm. you know, most of them are preventable, and yeah. it just makes you sick when it, when you when you see it happen. Um, but, you know, a lot of that can be changed with, um, you know, just looking at things differently, changing operations, whatever. But a lot of the risk can be engineered out. And yeah. I think I think NOV uh, and others have done a, a magnificent job of continually uh, engineering the risk out of the business, uh, which makes companies much more efficient, which makes mm -hmm. them more profitable. And certainly we, we send people home to their families uh to hold their kids and not in a box. Now, you know, so. we one of the, we're at OTC, and I, you know, I know we're not doing it this year. This is just me being somewhat old school on the things that I miss. You know, I like a lot of the new changes, but some of the things I miss. I love the NOV crawfish boil yeah. for, for years, and it, yeah, you know, because truly, if you're selling a product on there, you you understand what that product is, the value of it. But then all of a sudden, you get to go out to your yard and walk to it, see everything, yes, the big stuff. It, yeah. it, it's actually terrifying. Yeah. When you see the scale of, if you've never, a lot of people, you know, a lot of, we're looking around the shop here, what the floor, these people are great. They have good yeah. technologies, but they've, many of them have never been to a rig. Right. To see just how big yeah. and scale everything really is. You get is. to go and see it all. Yeah. It was, it was great. It was really good for us. Yeah. Um, so. Holding equipment across the street was, was a nightmare, <laughs> holding big yeah. rigs. Yeah. Um, that wasn't fun. But uh, at the end of the day, we, we, we got up to 10,000 people just going and, and going through there, getting food, having a good time, seeing seeing all this equipment and technology. But we could never have shown it here. We had right. too many things to show. And so that's always our challenge. Well, um, 
maybe a nice segue into one of the reasons I wanted to have you. It's always good to talk to you. Obviously, we're we're involved in a couple of boards uh, mm -hmm. together, and uh, and we're passionate about a lot of the similar things. And uh, one of the things I, I uh, applaud you for is is the difference you make not only in in our industry, but also um, what you're trying to do to bring awareness to to some serious issues. Uh, that not only face us here locally, but quite frankly, globally. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's to do with human trafficking and, and particularly the trafficking of children and, and, and what you're doing with Red M. So yeah. I really would like to, to get you to talk a little bit about that, how you got involved with Red M and then really what Red M is because you know, I'm, a, I'm a Neanderthal. Uh, I, can't, I don't know what Red M is and that's why you and I started talking about it you were kind enough to come and present to us at Noya yeah. uh, several years ago. But uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure. I wasn't really planning on doing anything with human trafficking. It didn't seem <laughs> like it was near me or something that concerned me. But um, my wife chose to start doing that around over a decade ago. Said that I, w I was trying to get my kids to leave home. <laughs> and she's American and I'm Scottish. And so in her world, the kids were staying forever. And in my world, it's 18. Like, it's 18 now. Shouldn't you be somewhere else? I wanted dad to be, has paid his dues here. Well, you, as a dad, you know, you, you're longing to be number one again. And that's when right. the kids are gone because you've been, <laughs> if you've got animals, it's way down there. You know? <laughs> so I, I really was like, I thought my clever trick would be say, hey, who are we going to be when the kids are gone? And, and she went to a conference and uh, came back and said, we're going to fight human trafficking. And I was like, how about just travelers? Not, not <laughs> golf then. Yeah, right. Okay, so fighting, okay. So anyway, I thought, well, maybe that's your thing. So it was. we thought it was in Greece. We went to Greece, met with this organization, and uh, they were doing great recovery work. And they told her she'd have to live in Greece. And so she was devastated, and I was like, okay, cool. Maybe this is the end of it. And we come back, and, uh, and then there's something in the paper, a trafficked child at 14 in Houston. So she finds the person who wrote the article, gets into it, starts doing undercover work. I start learning how dangerous that is. One day, it was a couple of years in, and she said, I'm, I'm going to get a client from the airport, but I've got a police escort. And I was like, why, why would you need a police escort? And she goes, because the people behind this are the cartels. Holy shit. This is the mobs, the cartels, all the big money, the drugs and guns people, they've moved to people because it pays better. Mm -hmm. So it's a new product for them. And so I was like, Okay, I don't know that I want you being around these people. So she moved to a recovery home, started helping with them, and they kept. We started working with survivors, so we'd have people who have been trafficked live with us after they've been through kind of recovery programs. So I got to learn more. We were very good with being around those people. Kids were gone. We had space, so we did that for a while. It was fine, and then uh, then she said the board really wants you on the board for this organization. I'm like, okay, so first day I go to the board meeting, lovely people, care a lot, but it's a 501c3, <coughs> they've got no money, it's expensive. It's right. like 100,000 a person to recover a year. Wow. And they have an eight bed house, you know? It's like, this is, because the damage that happens yeah. is more than trauma. I can't even imagine. I don't want to it's imagine. A, you don't want to. I, and we try, that's part of Red M, so we don't, we try not to get into the gore, because there's a lot of it, and we try to get people to doing mm -hmm. something. So anyway, the next day, I'm like, I got to help more. So I put a thing on LinkedIn, said, who wants to help survivors of sex trafficking with some marketing? Uh, 57,000 views overnight. I was like, a lot of people, it turns out. 
So I put a who wants to come to the coffee shop like five days later, 50 people came. I, I didn't know any of them. I just put departments, marketing departments on every table. I said, sit at the table that's most like your skills. And then I had someone speak and I said, okay, brainstorm it. You know, how could we fix, you know, help these guys get to money? You know, what things could we do? So everyone had their stuff. And uh, I was like, okay, now someone from your group, come and speak. So I wrote, someone came up and I said, okay, the person who spoke, you're now in charge of the department, see you in a month. Red M. So we started. And um, we helped that organization for a year. And I'm like, okay, is that it? We're done, thanks. And um, everyone's like, no, we want to do more. So that was five years ago. So now we did 39 events <coughs> last year. So we do events that are generally just fun that people want to be at. And then we educate a little bit on trafficking. Because what we learned early is in Houston, we took all of the organizations talking trafficking. We looked at the digital footprint and it equaled the amount of people working in fighting trafficking, which meant nobody is reading this stuff at all. And the reason is people don't want to know. It's scary. It doesn't seem like it's us. So there's all these assumptions in trafficking. Uh, it's all international. Well, in the US, which is a huge hub in itself for trafficking, we consume human beings uh, in our in our midst at 82% are Americans. Hmm. So we're wrong. It's not, it's not all. I mean, labor, for sure, a lot of international tr sex trafficking, yes. But, and they've moved to, to children oh, and yeah. they've moved to the digital access to people's kids. And so the most important thing in what we do, we do lots of things, but if we can get parents to know what grooming looks like, uh, which it can be a one, two, three year process with a teenager and it, they look like a runaway. So recently, we, in the last eight months, we engaged with a rescue group because we kept getting people go, well, it, it looks like my daughter uh, has an older boyfriend like you're describing and uh, she's isolating from the family and they're talking about a trip. So we'll say, okay, get us a picture of the person if you can and their name. Five cases in the last eight months, traffickers. So you mean you're actually able to kind of... Uh, Stop it before it happens. Yeah. Stop it before, that's, that's my goal. And, and so I, I, all I have to do is normalize it and get it in everyone's language enough that they can recognize it. And secondly, there's a lot of people, let's talk to these politicians or let's talk to them. I'm like, we just need the people to know. Once the people know, the politicians will, will need that to get. What are the age groups in, of these kids that's happening to? They target 12 to 16. Good God. Um, there's no age group that doesn't get touched. I'll leave it at that because it gets yeah. ugly. Mm -hmm. Including we had a 60 year old who was trafficked through dating website and uh, got trafficked. Um, it looks, people don't see it, so it looks like runaways. You hear kids, oh, my kid got into drugs, got in with the wrong person, and they've run away. And the police don't chase runaways. They give them a window of, let's see if it's a runaway. Yeah, let's see if come back, yeah. So the traffickers use that. So it's very much here, um, and I, it's not to scare everyone, but just to be aware. There's never a time we do some presentation that someone doesn't come up and go, I have a daughter, a relative, or something. What can we do? Wow. Okay. I think I want to I want to hit on that part you just talked about. You know, two to three year development on a single individual that's being trafficked. I mean, that's commitment. Not that I applaud that, but I don't think people appreciate how serious of an institution, a terrible institution, yeah. this is. And it really hit home with me. You know, as a, as a as a father of a young son. Uh, and somebody who's passionate about, you know, children's education, mm -hmm. uh, welfare, and health care. You know, this is a critical issue. And then, yeah. you know, when David and I were talking, you know, our offices aren't that far 
uh, office buildings aren't that far apart from each other. And, and he mentioned, you know, somebody that in an adjacent office building, his daughter, 14 years old, comes from a good family, engineering family, oil and gas family, and daughter was was trafficked. Oh my God! You know, it 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 spurred me to send a note out to you know our uh, human resources, our people solutions person. Yeah. You know, we've got 12,000 people around the globe. It's like, we need to talk about this. This is serious. You know, yeah. we're a global company. This is this is something in our backyard. This this well, needs to be addressed. And you, you talk about the, the time length, David, of two to three years per, but really it's a numbers game, I would think, right? There's a well, lot of a pissed business. off teenagers it's too, right? So you, well, they're, they're, they're naturally, uh, it's yeah, vulnerability. Exactly, the perfect Teenagers time. are vulnerable. They're posting all their emotions and feelings. My dad just told me I'll never be a TikTok star. <laughs> Yeah. All, all that takes is someone to come up and go, you know what? I'm an older person. I've got to tell you. Yeah. I think you're a TikTok you got it. star. Yeah, you and got I, it. I run a music company, and I'd like to trial you. to. Do. It's like whatever. The stories are all the same, but with different nuance. But and they all feel like it's a unique. What they want, and this happened early in trafficking when they would grab people. They would take international people. They would, they would release them once they paid off their debt, which is how a lot of it used to work. But they release them at 1 in the morning. They don't speak English. Go for it. And within a couple hours, they come back, knock on the door, and say, I want back in. That is what they're trying to do. They're creating Dependency. an experience so the person believes that they're choosing it. Yeah. And it takes a lot to undo that brainwashing, which is what it, it's what cults do. So they, they love bomb them. They tell them they're great. They give them gifts, whatever it takes. And then they get God. kids to believe they're choosing it. So, I mean, it takes, oh, I, I was going to tell an immediate story, but I can't. Sometimes I'm in the middle of things that I can't talk about. But but they, it's amazing to watch kids go from the kid you knew. After they, if, you, if they go into trafficking, their faces, you wouldn't believe the difference of what happens to a face after all that's happened. But you they mean when, when they save them or when they're, no, when when they're, they're they, worse? No, if they go in. If you can avoid them going in. Yeah, okay. As soon as that's happened to them, it, the recovery is a long and painful thing. And it, it, it's just when you see that side, that makes you more passionate for, yes, we've got to help survivors because there's not a lot of help for them. But we need to make it not happen and that's my goal is to get enough people talking about it at a base level mm -hmm. to have it in their top three things they care about so politicians have no choice so how is that going i mean what's your well so the, the it's interesting because even i mean so when things happen it doesn't make the press so houston's particularly bad at this um we've we've uh, passed a law in texas that if uh, anyone is is caught buying sex uh it's now a felony 10 years in prison there's stings go on in Houston, and there's 100 guys who'll go to jail for 10 years. It's not on any press. It's not showing anywhere. So you can get upset about what is that, but I don't think about that. So, so real quick, I actually, on that note, I, this is a, I can't believe I know this, actually. This was about a month ago. I went to grab dinner, you know, afternoon drinks or whatever with some friends, and one of their colleagues had been picked up at lunch or something mm. at some, you know, massage parlor. There you go. And he... They were like, he's screwed. He's done, right? Yeah. And as he, yeah, yeah. whatever. Well, it used to be overnight, and you pay a, a fee, and nobody but, ever knows about but it. But Texas is one of the only states that now has. That's right. And then I want That's the part I wanted to say out loud. That's people making a difference here. So there's a lot of people have been working with Austin, just kind of pressing on. We got to do stuff. Did yeah. you hear that? Ten years. Yeah. No, I think. I think. And by the way, the reason I'm saying that again <coughs> is because look, deterrence works too. It does. There's a, there's a lot of I would look. I'm not defending anybody here, but I'm just saying like, you know. It's when it's someone else, it doesn't matter, right? Yeah. When it's some, when it's out there, well, it doesn't matter. But when it's even yourself and, and your friends or whatever, 
there's you can say, hey, man, there's a lot of reasons not to do what you're going to do, Correct. not the least of which is that your life's over for 10 years. But there are people thinking, I'm going to go have this consensual thing. Yeah, now, right. it may be illegal, but, but they're into it. They're all trained to give the same message. I'm trying to save money. I love my job. Um, they, they all tell it. It's not true. They get beaten if they don't tell the story. And so people are having, they're making a user experience that tells the person who's buying sex that, oh, this is all okay. Right. Whereas the majority of cases at least are trafficked. But I've never met anyone who's been in that kind of world who didn't have child abuse that led to that decision that I'm going to be, I'm going to do this for a living. So, so it's, it's all bad. Yeah. But I think people are thinking they're making rational decisions. They're not. And so for me, oil and gas, we're targeted. Anybody? Travelers. Travelers, men isolated with money. Shale was tra targeted. I've been, I, everywhere I've gone, I've seen people who I thought were prostitutes. Mm -hmm. there, most of them, there is no such thing as a prostitute. They're being prostituted. They didn't choose that. They didn't think one day, you know what would be great for yeah, me? The worst life ever. But, and so one of the <laughs> ladies who lived with us, I asked her, I said, did, did men say, um, you must love your jobs? Because almost all of them. And you never told them? No. You mean the John? Yeah. They all thought that, the, and, and it's a misconception. So I think clearing that up, letting people know what it is. We, did, we, had, we just had a great success. We wrote a letter, Red M wrote a letter, and I got a bunch of industry people together and said, hey, we're going into OTC, large events are a target. Will you share this letter? And a number of big companies at OTC sent this letter out to everybody saying, here's what sex trafficking is, here's <coughs> what it looks like, here's how you can report it. Yeah, Because I, I, I know they target us. Mm -hmm. And so the answer is let's not be victims of yeah. this. Let's make sure everyone knows, everyone understands, and we're fighting back. Be aware. Well, not only let us be victims of it, but let's 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 address the victims. Yes. I think one of the things that that I, I want us to make sure we show is is this slide that you presented to us at the board meeting at Noya National Offshore Industry Association, which was really uh, succinct, talking about how um, trafficking is developed. Mm -hmm. you know, one page slide, and I sent that around our company, yeah. and the response I got back. Uh, was kind of mind-blowing how many people reached out to me privately and said, hey, I want to learn more about this. I was a victim of this, or right. I was, and, and I just like, my eyes, it's I, I was, I was, I was really? shocked. Mm -hmm. But um, David, talk about some of the things you shared with us. I mean, we're in Houston. We're, we're a hub, as you mentioned. You know, some of the signs that, um, to, to look out for. I remember when you were sharing that with me, you know, particularly in certain areas, uh, Westheimer, Richmond, et cetera. You know, now, ever since then, my head is always on a mm -hmm. swivel because it just makes my blood boil to know that somebody's uh, daughter and sometimes sons could be yeah. a victim of trafficking. Yeah, 25% boys, yeah. yeah. So, so, so do you mind sharing a little bit about that? I mean, I mean, at recognizing it, I mean, if someone is distressed and it's obvious, you can reach out. They are being watched usually. That's what as I wanted well to as, touch as on. well as their uh, their devices are watched. So even when we're like, I had a friend from, oh, I won't say details because yeah. I can't. But I had a friend reach out from another state and said, uh, my daughter's got in this trouble, and we start talking. She she reaches her daughter reaches out to me. We start talking. Um, and I don't know, is she alive? Am I, it's text. I don't know, is this her? Um, so, we're, so I start moving to video calls just to check. 
Um, and over time, she's, she's, she's exited herself because when people are trafficked um, at this point, what they're using is mind control, so they're not physically restrained at all. They can be interacting, they can be spending time with family. It's crazy. And, and so there's, it looks like freedom. Because they've made the choice, to your point they've earlier. They've made the choice. They're hiding something from their family. Sure. And uh, it's shocking. But, but, but knowing that you're dealing with very dark people and very powerful people, um, jumping in is not always a great idea. So getting, getting help, there's a trafficking hotline. Um, there's actually a task force here in Houston, which I think we're one of the only cities that has a, a government-appointed task force. Uh, and we do. There's a lot of uh, recovery work that goes on. And there's great organizations in the city, but most of them are not reaching you because most people will have just heard that for the first time. Yeah. And they, they thought it was taking the movie and that type of grabbing of people off the street. And so most people are like, I won't send my kid to Europe. Yeah. I'll tell them all about people grabbing you. Right. But, but that's 2%. It's not an effective. Really? It's not effective. But I, we had one in Dallas recently. There was a sports event, and someone, people kept saying to me, you see this girl was grabbed in the middle of a sports event. I'm like, it's, it's the minority. Yeah. yeah. It's the quiet ones in front of us. And so it's really getting people to know what can I do. And the, the main thing is know what it looks like with your kids. And people think yeah. they're restricting their kids by not letting them have access to certain things. They're going to get it at school. You can't actually restrict them out of this. You have to train them that there are people you need to be concerned about yeah. if you don't know them, particularly older people. Like the older, the older boyfriend yep. who's paying attention to your daughter and buying her nice purses or clothes right. or showing her attention and yep. you know, all that, and next thing you know, they're grooming them. Yeah, the, the uh, journey kind of is they need access. Yeah. Sometimes this is, um, they'll take someone who's potentially a victim, threaten them, and then have them recruit. So sometimes the recruiting is yeah. friends of kids, so you, that, that you have to watch. I, I don't like to talk about it, but I want you to talk about it because I think it's impactful, and that's the whole reason we're talking about this, is that you know, once somebody has, has, has been effectively trafficked, talk about what they typically do next. You mean what, what their life is like? What their life is like, how they, how they engage with them, film well, them, and even yeah, call some, the police on them. Yeah, they do. They'll, they'll try and, um, they don't call the police. What they'll do is they'll take them to a regular area where there are prostitutes on the street and try and get them to get arrested. Once they've got arrested, their future is limited. No one's hiring them. So some of them, we get people who've been through college and they're, they're some smart people, but they cannot do what they trained to do because no company would hire them because they have a record. So, so they, they purposely ruin their life. Absolutely. They wow. create barriers. It's why they like the younger kids because they have no life skills as well. Well, so they, they also will, will film them in a sex act right. and then threaten to release it to whatever. Right. Yeah. So they'll use anything that it takes. Sometimes it's violence, but not always. Sometimes it's drugs, but not often because drugs is not, a, it ruins the product. Yeah, it's not attractive world. or whatever. No, so they're trying, to, they're trying to work on their product. Ruins the product. That's how they think. I know, I know. That's how, I said that's makes how it unattractive, and you said ruins the product, but like. That's their thinking. It's a thinking. They, don't, they live, a, and these aren't yeah, people. Yeah, it is a, that's exactly right. This is a thing. <coughs> this is a widget. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow. Uh, but it's an extremely successful business. It's bigger than any corporation you know. Are there any <coughs> movies that aren't taken? That, that, like there probably are, and I don't have them okay. on the top of my head. I think going to uh, Polaris Project is a what website. Is Polaris Project. Yeah. Um, that's a government website that has a lot of information on learning. 
Um, we're trying to produce a movie now. What I've been trying to do is understanding this psychological behavior of I don't want to see this, um, yet having to show people something. Um, we're working on trying to get funding behind uh, as a really good filmmaker I know. And uh, he, he tried to engage with Red M and he wanted money and we tell everyone, no, we're all pro bono. So. And so my team told him that and I said, no, no, I know him. He's a really good filmmaker. So I said, look, I know you're working on something right now, but if, if you're up late at night and having a crazy idea, just let it go, write it down and let's talk. So a month later he came back and said, you're killing me. Like, I can't sleep. I've been writing this whole mm. script. So That's I said, awesome. So I'm like, I don't know where we're getting the money, but, but it's going to be expensive because what we're trying to do is build a trailer that will lead people to action and to recovery. So it's a very brief, Short film. true story, uh, three, three stories and a six-minute piece, and then a bunch of 60-second pieces that will get it out and get people to got to do something. And so that's what Red M does, is if someone can give back in any way, they start to be connected to the story. And most people who work in Red M, like, I don't want to work close to it because it's terrifying, <coughs> but I do want to help. And so we create ways for people to do things. So the film is a new thing. Next Wednesday, we're doing a kind of open uh, invite for people to come and meet the, the film, uh, the, the writer and producer, okay. see if we can get some funds. So, so Darod, well done on this topic. There's no way to bring this back to anything. <laughs> There's no fun. OTC no, related. No, but honestly, <laughs> it is OTC related. I mean, and this is yeah, this true. is this is gathering of isolated men, and that's a that's an issue. But I do think, I mean, we keep it fun because you can. We once ran a conference middle of COVID, ten subjects, ten trafficking uh, subjects. And at the end of it, I went, no human should ever watch this. Mm. It's too much. Like, so it's really giving people fun experiences that elevate. So we're, we're actually aiming at markets. Um, we've been doing, uh, we did a Scottish night, we did a Spanish night, and we're gonna keep aiming at international nights in Houston. We need the governments to jump in. So the Scottish government did and funded part of it and helped. But the goal is to aim towards the World Cup, which will be an attractor. That's right. And That's a good point. It's every, coming up in a couple every, years. Every well, North American city, we want to be set up as Red M and doing these events where you're bringing those cultures together. But we start to That's a get great target. That's a great – because it is across all. It's in, you know, what, Monterey, Guadalajara, Mexico yep. City, yep. Houston, Dallas. Toronto. Toronto. Yeah, it's we, all so North yeah. America. That's yeah, a yeah. great idea. So we're, we're, we're moving towards that. So if anybody has – already Brazilians, you know they're reaching out. Venezuelans, because when you go to one and it's not your culture, you're like, we should do this for our culture. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I think we'll be able to roll that quite well. And what people will always go to those. So we reach the international crowd. We have golf events. We, we just, we don't really care what it is, like anything anyone wants to do, because you reach a new community. It's all about awareness. I, I, uh, I was at first disappointed when, when I was talking to David about this, you know, I was ready to get all my uh, ex-Special Forces guys and lock and load and go direct <laughs> action on these people. And uh, he's like, no, 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 no. That'd be easy. It causes problems, and it, I think awareness, which a lot of people don't have uh, in so many things in life, yeah. but particularly this, it is a terrible institution. I think the more people are aware of it, yeah. I think the more effective the action will be. Yeah. But what, what amazes me or amazed me and it still does is is it is all around us and uh it, it is very well camouflaged and if you don't know what to look for um talk to us about uh david one other comment you shared with us too is you know obviously um you know if you see a young woman who's you know in the heat of the summer walking she looks distracted this right. that and the other 
looking in a parking lot to see who it is who's is tracking someone, her. Yeah, they it's, usually have someone watching a spotter, but you can see it in restaurants if you just regular labor trafficking. Yeah. You go, you go to a low-cost buffet. Just imagine this: like you maybe have been here already, and there's a scary guy at the door. But okay, you don't really think about it. Security, He's right? Not saying hello. Right. Um, but in a buffet, they've got cameras. What are they trying to catch? They're, everyone in there is, is working for zero. They're all trafficked. But we've been around that. These low-cost environments. You see, if you you know if you don't become aware of it. If you're uh, late night driving, you see a massage place right. open after 10 o'clock. There's only one thing that is. If you want to check, go around the back. Cameras, barbed wire. People live in there. Holy shit. Like, All around you. You know you've seen it. Yeah, of course. We've all seen it. You don't even think about it, though. I just... That's, that's the point. I think more and more people need to think about it. It is a terrible institution. They live in there. Like, yeah. That's the part where you don't put two and two together. No, there's a show they did a number of years back, and we knew Houston was bad, but there wasn't a lot of admission at the time. And they do this thing, and they come around Houston, they get told, there's a bit of this and a bit of that, but it's not bad here. Then they go to San Francisco, and they're, they're, they bust a place, and they get, they're all living there. And um, they come back, they go three times. And the second time, they're actually, the ladies are lying under the floorboards because they're trying to hide the ladies living there. And by the third time, they, the, the guy who runs the place is like, you're going to make us go to Houston where they appreciate what we do. That's the first time we heard it out loud, and you're like, that's not good. That's not. A lot of things to be known for, that's not the thing you want well, to be known and, for. And, the, mm-hmm. and we've, we've had that. At World Cup, we had a whole group who had to explain to World Cup, we're doing something about trafficking Okay. And um, to get them to choose Houston. So I think that's the truth. The positive side is we are doing so something. So how, how involved is your wife? She's still actively involved in this? She's less involved than she was. <laughs> so this she's is your, less involved. Your passion project It's now. become, and it's funny, I mean, she's involved. But, yeah. but uh, I, I mean, honestly, I try to do less in it all the time because it could consume me. Yeah. And most people see my social posts and think that's all I do. But we have, you know, 700 people working in Red Ember. Really? That's how, what it's from one 50-person coffee shop to 700 yeah. people involved? Well, 700 people who have done work for us. So they're all available. Sure. What we try to do is not burn people out. If you work for these organizations, they suck you in and your, your personal life's shot. Right. So what we do is we tell you have a one job for a month or you have one job for this period of time. Right. It's going to be this much hours. And then you don't have to do anything after that. So what's the uh, website we can send people to here for this? Joinredm.com. Joinredm.com. Yeah. Okay. So you can. I what's, the, what's the Red M stand for? So originally we were working for the organization Redeemed and we were Redeemed Marketing. Yep. We realized quickly it's not marketing and it's not just for Redeemed. We've got lots of organizations to help. And so we changed it okay. to an acronym. So now it's uh, Resource Survivors, Empower Professionals and develop leaders. In fact, we, at OTC, see, we're going to have an OTC connection. On Thursday, we're doing our leadership class, which is called Conscious Leadership, and it's a three-hour session at OTC. And basically, it's about developing your leadership. Um, at the end, Through Red we, M or through? through uh, Red, okay. It's Red M working. Someone came from OTC to the uh, our class That's awesome. that we do, and they said, could you please do this at OTC? We're like, yeah. So it's really, it's a leadership class. So right. I, the way I think of it is it's developing people to be leaders. Yeah, all of us. I'll tell you to, what, to you can get, get us that uh, post or whatever it is, and we'll let people know that's going on. Yeah. Because today's Tuesday, just to timestamp us on the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so this is Thursday? 
This is on saying? Thursday. Today okay. is Tuesday. Just yes. To <laughs> so today's I'll Tuesday. You got a <clears throat> no, I got two Davids on the show. I got a Tuesday, <laughs> Thursday. Tuesday, I'm, again, I, we started with I'm the best p- podcast host ever. I know exactly no. what I'm doing here. Ever. Yeah. His ever. Mind is like a trap. <laughs> it's pretty. It's an open trap right he now. He is the most intelligent man. <laughs> he is the best dressed man in this chair. In the- <laughs> So, but yeah. you know, it is funny. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna switch us just a little bit here because yeah. I want, I do want to talk about. You have a broad career. I do. And um, I know that not all of what you do is red M. You, no. You are doing a lot of stuff. <clears throat> what, what do you do? What do I do? <laughs> I played well, real quick. I, I played golf with some other some guys the other day, and they said, "Oh, we're consultants." I said, "Okay, what do you do?" So oh, I'm a consultant. I go, "Yeah, no, I got yeah, that." Yeah, but what is what, it? What do you What do you do? Yeah, actually, every day. <laughs> Nothing. This guy could not give me an answer. Yeah, not, best I, I could get was I said, slides. "You're basically a biz dev guy, right? Just, <laughs> just say it." Yeah, he wouldn't say it. So no, I I mean I have great teams. So I originally was just CMO, build a fantastic marketing organization, and they're they run. They're good. Like they do a lot of great things. There, we have film capability. We have live. We do these shows all the time. So we we hit COVID really well. Went went very digital very fast. You did. So they're good. Like they they I just go in and check in, but they're they're producing on their own. It doesn't take a lot of work for okay. me. I just have crazy ideas and bother them every now and again. But so the technology side has always been my passion. So um, we have, I mean, we buy a lot of companies. We're (laughs) in a lot of things people don't know. I mean, we're, we do light poles. Like people don't know that. I didn't know this. But we do. do, And we're we're huge in fiberglass all over the world. And there's just things we do. We're in, we we do mud and processing, but we do toothpaste and wine and, so we process So let me, let me set that up because I actually do want to kind of have a, an ending there. Not yeah. an ending, but just a transition yeah. station. Because you, you say we buy a lot of companies. There was a period, David, I'm sure you remember this, in the early 2000s where it was National well, National Well, National Oil Varco, and then yep. it was, now it's NOV. But there was that time where the group just consumed companies. Yeah. Let them run, you know, somewhat. It's a bad language, but sure. Consumed is. I'll go with it. Well, I mean, but look. Consumed and destroy. No, no, no. I was just, the second half of that sentence that I was going to, but let them run autonomously. There was a lot of. We did. We had a weird, everyone asks us, it's a weird strategy that people don't understand, but but we're all very small company in NOV. We we think small and we produce big. Very noble, yes. Everyone likes being there and that's the weird thing. No, know? so I, 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 hopefully I didn't mean to consume. I just meant there was probably no. is a better word, but there was a lot of. Uh, but, but actually, people like being bought by us, and that's that's actually to our advantage. You know, yeah. when we're trying to buy companies, they want to be in because the people we buy grow. Right. And the people who come with the company don't leave. You know, so we end up. You know, some of the people who sell stay. We have people who've sold their companies and are still with us. Yeah. So when we were talking off camera. Um, you know, we are in the energy transition pavilion. This mm. is the OTC, and there's a lot of this going on. And you said this is the perfect pavilion for it us is. to be in. Yeah. And, you know, David and I have talked about this. David, David, yeah, look, at he's already going to just choke me out here. Dorota. Look, yeah. yeah. look I'm, I, we, I am a believer in, and this, I, I actually don't want to steal your line here because you said it perfectly, David Reed. But Dorota and I have talked all the time about this, and there's, I believe, and I think everybody does, that the, the goal of the oil and gas is to be the solution provider for what comes next, right? Absolutely. And then, you know, David, and David's point is, is that, look, that's great. Don't lose sight of what, how oh, much absolutely. value we're actually solving well, right now. I will say anyone who has a chart going forward, oil and gas continues to grow because yeah. it's necessary. But what does it take to get it to grow? I mean, so there's things we have to do to clean up our act. That stuff has to happen. And we're doing it, and we're the best people to do it, and we'll do it and make money. And that's, I think, the secret of us, is we're really business people who solve big problems. 
But I think what, what I don't think we get enough credit for <clears throat> is the oil and gas industry that I want to talk about real quickly since you brought it up is, <laughs> is that, you know. This, to... this is our off-camera uh, fight, yeah, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. no, no. I mean, you know, the oil and gas industry, and I think, I think really what kind of catalyzed a focus on it was, you know, the Piper Alpha issue mm -hmm. where we developed, you know, a concept around health, safety, and environmental. Sure. Industry got really serious about the health and safety of its employee, you know, people, uh, the environment, and the responsibility we have there. And the industry largely focused on that and did so quietly, didn't yep. really talk about that. And when you think about the tenants of ESG, which everybody's talking about now, it's more or less QHSE with a little bit of focus on governance, sure. which I don't think really addresses much. And when I think about that in general, not to talk about what I'm passionate about, but it really is enterprise risk management. If you're aware of your risks and you, you've got a good strategy for mitigating and managing those risks and how you ultimately finance those risks, there, there is efficiencies that are going to come with that. Sure. And waste management practices just happen by virtue of that. Yep. Yep. And and you can you can be a good manager of your waste in a profitable and sustainable business all yep. at the same time. Yeah. And and that's what people have got to understand. We've allowed some people to control a narrative. Am that, I excited? That's the important part, right? Am there. I excited about the, the technologies yeah. that people are working on? Absolutely. But all all of this development of these great ideas and technologies, it is all being fueled by oil and gas. Yep. And you look at the technologies in this room, it is as impressive, if not more impressive, than the, in some of the technologies that have helped us accomplish what we were doing in space. Mm -hmm. So. <clears throat> it's true, but, but you're, you're, in the, you're in the or, not the and. Yeah. So the, the key for us is. The and part, and I agree. And, like we got stuff that we can do. I mean, we, someone asked us about seven years ago to get into renewables and we were like, mm. we're, you may be confused, we like to make money. Yeah. Um, and and we find ways to make money. We, sure. we maybe I mean in the in the wind business, we're kind of uniquely the guys making money, which most people are making press releases to right. be honest in these things, and they're not making money, or they're ruining their money, right? So right. I mean you see that, but uh, but we've done our good job. Or it's job not their of, money. Or it's not their money. So for us, it's been an interesting journey because we're playing in you know multiple renewable spaces, geothermal, wind, solar. Yep. Yep. Uh, uh, nuclear. Yeah. Did you know we were doing nuclear? Yeah, I knew. Okay. It's kind of a thing. Anyway, we're doing a lot, but um, biogas. We, we do lots of things. But um, cow farts. Everybody's into it. <laughs> I got to tell you, we're we're measuring <laughs> methane emissions up at the rig, and it and it's in a cow field. Yeah. So we catch cows. We're modeling cows at this point because yeah. it's like, what is what is going on? Do we have a leak? No, no. It's just the cows just coming by. Lunchtime. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Bubba but, had too but, much chili at lunch, you know. But you look at hydrogen and, and CCUS, and there, there's th this hasn't been hard for us to adapt to because it's what we do. Um, but I think bringing the the ability to execute large things, um, I mean, they need us in that space. They need to get cost out like crazy, but not the way they've been doing it. And we found this in geothermal. Geothermal was underfunded for years, um, but nobody thought of spending money to make money. Oh, no, no, we'll just find cheaper ways of doing it. And, you know, I was talking to someone in California who's worked geothermal for years, and she goes, I just, I just saw my first top drive. You're like, oh, my goodness. Like, really? That's what, exciting? What do you think? I'm like, 1980s? <laughs> like, we're just, just catching up. So, but I mean, that, and so we find that. We've put tons of just focus 
and, and we're taking, we're killing cost in, in geothermal. And, and I think that's true of all these places. What we've learned, what we learned from <coughs> shale is we didn't get into shale by trying to spend less money. We got into shale by trying some new things. Right. And that's us, we're innovative, we can drive change, we can do real things. So I think that narrative, because the world has been sold this, that, that there is a transition in energy, which we know there isn't. There's right. an addition, but that addition needs us. And, yeah. and, and, I, and I love what, I mean, we are the answer. And so it doesn't matter how much people try and make us bad. If we do the right stuff, it won't matter. We'll still be the right people doing the right stuff. And so I, I think pushing towards it, but I agree. We're, for us, a majority of our money is coming out of oil and gas, and it will do. But it doesn't mean we're not going to do this other stuff, and, and we should do it. Well, I don't, I don't think there's, there's, uh, there's, there's not many companies that truly can take the platform that you have uh, and and do all these things and do them very well. I think well. they can. I think they can. I think they can move into some of this stuff. A lot of our companies they can are. start going across. Listen, they are. Yeah. They are. But I mean, look, NOV is still uniquely positioned. Well, we are unique. Yeah, well, we, I mean, make, I was trying to. I was things. trying to compliment. You know, David. I know. And NOV I know. And I know. It's only I, us. There's yeah, only yeah, us. You think that's what we? No other hear? vendor, right? That's, that's right. That's right. That's that's right. Well, I mean, you know, again. He's his comment off the air is like we are the solution. It wasn't like NOV's the solution. No, it's no. The our we, industry. Yeah, the industry. Yeah. And, and we need it. And when, when you when you deal with other industries in this space, you're like, please come with us, right? Because yeah. there's there's a lack of understanding of business in the middle of it, and there's a madness to it. And so there's people just trying to connect themselves to the story, but solving really large projects and getting these things done, we're we're very good at it. You know, I don't know how if people view. Uh, Again, I'm an energy addition guy, period. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, I'm trying to get, I, as we were, again, talking off air, trying to figure out what's going on on that other side because the narrative is so messed up oh, yeah. between, it's you know, crazy. quote, unquote, our industry, oil and gas industry, and whatever that industry is, right? Yeah, yeah. And you're like, no, 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 you're both wrong. Like, yeah. this is not going to kill your jobs, yeah. and this is not doing as bad as you think it is. That's right. And, you All know, right. I hadn't thought of, I'm sorry to cut you real quick, but like the, back to the NOV aspect of this. I think there's a lot of people going to hear this and think, oh, I didn't realize NOV was doing this. Yeah, they don't know. I, and, and, you know, it's funny. We were talking to some Norwegians this morning, and, and, I was, and they just think of us as rig because we build right. and design everything over there, too. And uh, we were telling them all this other stuff, and some of it's in Norway, and they just had no clue that we did it. And I'm like, yeah, we do all these things. So what you will find is we only tell people about it when we have orders. We don't tell people about it when we have ideas. That's opposite Everybody of David else. DeRoad and I just talk about what we're going to do. Just, like, it's just, already fact. Yeah, there you go. But most of the world is doing that, and people don't understand it. They're like, oh, we have access to all of this. See, but that's the inter that, that, to me, is the other side's calling card is we're going to do these. And you're like, wait yeah. a minute. Are you making money? Oh, you have no, no money. You're losing no, money. And no. Like, can this be a tangible thing today that's actually no. making something happen? They're, well, they're going to do it. So, I mean, we, we end up in this conversation a lot where we try and understand business cases, and you have to go, they're going to do it. Do you want to solve it for them? And, that, and it, it is hard for us because we always want to go back to, please explain the end user's business case. Because, I mean, I'm going back to the way that I'm, what I know of the NOV uh, acquisition format. Is it still the same thing that if you buy a company that, that they don't change their name? That is still company X. It depends. It depends on the okay. size. Some of them want to be NOV. Right? Sure, I would So think. depending on the size, it, it, it depends who they okay. are. But generally, the, the the product names all stay. Everything stays. Okay. But they're involved in that process. I mean, there's 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 parts. I mean, some of the fiberglass businesses. I just visited one in England. We've had for I don't know five six years, 
and they just put NOV up. And I was like, no one asked them. I'm just like, that's good. That's Thank exactly you. why nobody knows. Yeah. Right? That's, a, that's a business that people just don't have any idea. Yeah, here. fiberglass. We buy every two years a large collection of fiberglass. We do. More than half of the gas stations in the U.S. are all NOV underground. Bucky's, all NOV. Big customer of ours. You didn't know that. No. Would, yeah. Wouldn't have thought about wouldn't it. Have known, but, no. But it's not important. Is even when we sell big drill ships, all of these vessels have our fiberglass piping, but we sold them to the shipyard as fiberglass systems, and so people don't know now that if, we have that. Now, if you guys were really smart, and y'all are smart, Which but if y'all are really smart, y'all would buy, y'all would be in the uh, plumbing and uh, and uh, toilet business because you already got a relationship with Bucky's. You'd sell a ton of stuff. We it's do amazing. Sewage. We do sewage. Yeah. We're a big sewage player. It's not like a sexy story, though. It kind of stinks. Well, <laughs> just, I mean, Zinger's here, folks. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot we do. It's it, There's not a lot of people, even inside the company, yeah. know all the, I mean, we're in mining. We just do things everywhere. But the reason people don't really know is because oil and gas is money. Right. It's a better business. Everything else is harder work, but but when you're in oil and gas, there's this investment and drive, and there's this cash that gets produced, and it's just a good business, you know. But I think it gives y'all it gives y'all some 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 insulation from the cyclicality of the business it we've does. had historically. It does. Yeah. And, uh, we're we're able to to stay level and keep things going, and yeah, that that's part of the logic. And I, I mean, we're we're growth based, and we're looking for growth ideas and. And I, I will say, I'm very proud that we were able to invest through the downturn in right. technologies. I don't think anyone really did, but I, I run the facility that got a ton of cash to do some crazy things, and we took guys who designed BOPs, so we managed to fix that in the last cycle, because BOPs were always late, always over budget, always. And we bought one of those companies, and then we found the pain coming our way, and so we, we it took time, but we worked it out. Right. Brought some smart people, invented some things, process-wise, designed really good guys. And then we took them and said, "Hey, anything renewables, cut the cost in half." But that was the only conversation, and off they went, and they came up with stuff. And we've what done do you, some crazy. How, what does that mean, though? Like cut the cost? How does that? Well, find the cost pain. So right. it turns out, his, I love this story. So we we were looking at self-installing towers, wind towers, because. Turns out the cranes are a nightmare. And why are the cranes a nightmare? No one wanted to invest anything, so they just brought traditional cranes, put them up, and said, let's let's start installing. Well, wait a minute, it's windy. <laughs> just wait. And they're paying rental for cranes, and they can't work because it's windy. Just waiting. Yeah, it turns out it's windy. Where, where, where you want to put a wind farm. Anyway, so, <laughs> so we designed a completely different system that no one had ever done. Right. And the guys just went, this is the problem. First, we thought we could do self-installing, but we couldn't. Chinese towers. They're trying to get cost out. We're bringing in Chinese towers. We have a business that brings the factory to the field because they can't. when they want to get taller, they can't move these towers under the bridges across the states coming in from China. So we have a system that bends the steel and welds and builds the tower on site. American built. Really? Cheaper. Where? where What's so wrong with that? I'm familiar with one in uh, South Dakota. Where are you guys doing this we, work? West Texas, we've got uh, a bunch of orders. I probably shouldn't okay. say with who. But we, That's fine. We, no. But, but there, it's moving. It was a startup. We invested in it. Then we gave them our workover factory and said, we're not building workovers right now. Just go there. And they really struggled with manufacturing startup problems. So then, then we were like, well, maybe we should take full ownership. So they were like, yeah, we'd like to stay in business. So we did, and that's where we are. I like it. But, I mean, that, you know, that's just finding ways to make it work. That, 
But the team had to build the tower because you, you build these things, what, what are you going to put out there? So they just kept finding things. Solar we never thought we'd be in because they're squeezing margins down. Right. Most of these places, you have to do criminal things to get these costs so low. See, I would think and that's like, all <laughs> import. Yeah, no? it is on yeah. the panels. But it what we learned was because they're squeezing costs, they weren't good at, at tracking the sun. Nobody worked an efficient way of actually turning these to get the efficiency, which I thought they'd have solved that. Yeah. But we came up with an idea, and like most of those businesses, we bought a company that had gone out of business, which happens a lot with the big companies because there's no money in it. Right. So Unless you're get, efficient. Right. So uh, exactly. You turn up and you build your thinking. See, that's Same. the scale of NOV that people just don't. I mean, that's, that's a great yeah. story. Sorry to we, mean to Fiberglass yeah. works that way. We buy companies that are really struggling. In a year, we've got them functioning with high high returns. And it's just having the right focus, knowing how to do it. And, and people are happy suddenly. They're making money. They're producing good product. Um, how's your, uh, before David strangles me, we get off air here, how's your traditional oil <laughs> gas business going? It's great. It's really good. We're really excited. Yeah. yeah. We just had a blip that, that hurt us on the market. But, but basically, drill pipe had a supply chain problem. But we went out of our way to make sure that happened. We were having tool joint supply issues. Found a way to do it. Cost us a fortune, but made sure we delivered. But I mean, they're all, everything is moving up. Everything is moving up. So it's very, very encouraging. We're excited. We need that. We yeah. need that in the business. But it's, we're seeing, a, I mean, U.S. land is, is a bit shaky right now, but no one thinks that's not coming no. back. And by comparison, it's okay. I mean, Middle East has been great for us. We've been very active. We've started building a lot in, in Saudi, mm -hmm. so they wanted us to partner. And so our, our nicest manufacturing facility that's a huge, is in Saudi. Do you want to share a, any comment on that? I mean, I'm familiar sure. with and That's a phenomenal <coughs> facility and story. It is. It is an incredible. It's, it is one of our best. But, but I mean, we just built it. So it's, yeah. it's easy to make the best yeah. and it's your new stuff. But, but it is really a lot of capability to build in-country and... Uh, Aramco, we'd, we'd made these mistakes, I won't say with what country, but we had countries like, come in, build here, we'll buy lots. No, then we'll go to your competition and tell them to build. So we had that experience, and so Aramco wanted to do this, and we're like, we want to do it, but we don't want to do it and have you later go, mm, you're yeah. too expensive, or mm, I don't like your design. So let's do it as a joint venture. And so they did, and yep. it was fantastic. And so yeah. they've, they've agreed to 50 rigs uh, out of this facility, which is enough to say, we're good, let's go. So not only that, we've managed to convince them to use automation. Um, we've just done uh, wired pipe, closed loop jobs for them, and of course, massive efficiency. So it's building um, to be quite a technology hub. So that, that's been great. And they, they, as a country, they're buying fiberglass. That's their, they don't make steel, they do make hydrocarbons. It can go into fiberglass, let's do fiberglass. So we're actually working with, um, we're doing light poles out there. <laughs> we're doing all sorts of things. But wow. they have infrastructure things. So we built bridges for uh, British Rail, which are two-piece composites that you glue together. They replace steel bridges, but they last. All of our fiberglass products last forever. So you have this bridge, but it, it glues on, takes three hours. Unbelievable. As opposed to shutting down a railway for a week. What? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. We do crazy things. Seriously. So it's a lot of fun. My job is a lot of fun. And I get to play with a lot of different things, and uh, it's great if you have ADDs. So <laughs> it becomes well, a gift. I have a. Uh, do you have any other comments? I've got. Oh, a, well, I, you know, we could talk with David for hours. I have a funny David story. Do you? Yes. David Why Lee? don't you say it's a story, and if we laugh, okay, you, then it's a funny. David you, story. I mean, I still find this very funny. <laughs> so this is a David Reed story. Okay. Um, so we, this was uh, mm, how six years ago. Yeah. And uh, we were at either the. 
the PISA annual at that time, Petroleum Equipment, or we were at the IADC annual, one of the two one annual meetings. Yep. And we leave. I'd seen you there, you know, talk for a little bit. We leave, and I'm go, and I basically fly straight from there to San Francisco, and I'm meeting some friends of mine for. That's right. <laughs> I, I meet totally some, forgot yeah, about I that. Meet some friends of mine for a 40th birthday party. Our wives go, or you know, there's like eight different couples. Where was it? We were in Napa. And I and I so we my, you know my buddies David so we have this bus we rent our it's bus embarrassing they're all wearing hats very well and no, we, we had to, we had to stop twice to get alcohol on the way from the airport to Napa <laughs> and we roll into this lovely hotel it's absolutely beautiful and we go and I we open the door into the lobby and our group comes in like we're on fire and the lobby is the, the in complete different environment it's quiet there's a fire i believe going in the corner it's very nice and i and who is the first person i see sitting there i turn around and david reed is looking at me and, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and i said oh my god i was like hello mr reed he's like hello josh how are you i'm like ah <laughs> <laughs> just happened twice to me rotterdam where a guy who does live shows that i know yeah hey david reed and then dc friend is a rapper it's a grammy winning rapper and he's like, his manager goes, David Reed. And I'm like, at first I'm looking at him like, yeah. do I know? Nobody oh. should recognize me that, here. That was yeah. Exactly. I was like, what's going on? It was fun. Yeah. I love that stuff. The, the world is the, a very small place. Yes, yeah, it is. I love that. I think, I think one of the things that, um, that we like to always ask our guests, and we'll ask you too, is, you know, if there's any pearls of wisdom or, or lessons learned or anything you might like to share with our listeners based on, your your career to date and and into the future um always be about other people yeah. i think if you want to do well in life um if you live your life serving others um things will work yeah if you're about yourself people might appear to be on your side but when you leave the room they don't care so if you care about others that's that's going to help everything I think that's, that's the advice. driver. That's excellent advice. Service. You were that writing others. notes. No, I am writing notes. I heard it. <laughs> oh, um, you were writing notes about yes, this. I thought listen, you were like, milk. I'll always be about other people. <laughs> listen, I, I, I'm Bread. a note taker here. Yes. I'm hungry. Cheese. Some people over there eating Chick-fil-A. It looks pretty good, actually. <laughs> that's good. David, it, I'm again, uh, you, you've been, you have had such an interesting career. Again, I met you when we were talking about drill pipe. Yeah. And you were like the guy to talk to about drill pipe. Yeah. And this was 07, 08 time frame. Good times. And now we're talking about, you know, technology. And we're talking about EIT. And we're talking about these different. I mean, so your career has just been incredible. And you always made time. And yeah. uh, I really I appreciate that. I think that's important. You never know. In this industry, you never know. everybody is your friend. Even your competition, be yeah. friends. Don't, I mean, compete. Have fun doing it. Don't get personal. Right. Just just it's a great great industry to be in and you want to keep your keep your connections well yeah so we're going to do a uh join redm.com and then uh nov is just what is it just nov.com nov.com okay easy easy (laughs) (laughs) well david thanks for taking the time to come speak to us and share about what you're doing with redm and and all the exciting things you guys are doing with nov it's uh it's always great to hear. Got a great deal of respect for you guys. I actually texted with Pete Miller the other day. Yeah. Uh, he's just out of the hospital or something. And, and uh seems like every time I talk to Clay, he's on a plane to 
Saudi. So. He is. We met. He was here yesterday. That's what he was here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, yeah. You gotta. Yeah. You gotta live on the floor of OTC. Watch. We're yeah. always moving. You never know. You never yeah. know. Always somewhere to be. But thank you for coming on. Oh, thank and, you. And uh, we look forward to uh, continuing to stay in touch on all these things. Absolutely. Thank thanks, you. Guys. Good to see you, David. Thank you. Yeah. And thanks for joining me, hey, Josh. Thanks for having me back you know, on your you podcast. Did, you did an okay job. Dude, you? it's always yeah, good yeah. to see you, buddy. Thanks again. See Best in the See you guys. The Oilfield 360 podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. Locked in Global Energy and Marine, uncommonly independent. Locked in is the world's largest privately owned insurance broker and risk finance advisor. Locked in's global energy expertise is centered in Houston and represents the largest concentration of energy specialists, clients, and experiential knowledge in the upstream, midstream, and downstream segments of the oil and gas industry. Visit LockedIn.com for more information. Upright Digital. Upright Digital specializes in partnering with your business to maximize marketing efficiencies. We have a deep understanding of people, their needs, motivations, behaviors, as well as the technologies that enable brands in many industries to utilize what is available in a changing digital landscape. Find us online at UprightDigital.com.